0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we are, welcome to OMG, yeah. oh my god, I'm Trufman from Overclocking TV, obviously, by the time uh, you should uh, know my no, my face, and uh, this is Tim. Hey guys, uh, it's nice to be here again today. As usual, internet, we have a special guest, uh, we have a special guest, it's AeroTrax, how are you doing, man? Hey guys, it's great to be on the show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, our tracks uh, maybe for people know us, but people might not know you. Um, so, let's uh, go quickly over the introduction. Tell us about uh, who you are, what you're doing in life, uh, what nickname are you known under, and uh, what makes you tick.
2: Well, I'm Moritz. Uh, I'm currently a student close to Berlin in Germany. Uh, I started extreme overclocking about four years ago. That's when I met truth and you for the first time and yeah i've been sticking with it and yeah still overclocking
0: that's good uh i remember that was at the uh was that like the the event in was in the, germany that we were trying to it was the boot camp
2: uh, the was boot it, camp boot camp? it yeah. was the rog camp yeah rog camp yeah that's right
1: so for those who don't know this one it's kind of like um it's like a, like a overclocking school kind of thing, where you learn how to insulate your motherboard, most likely for the first time or something like that. People that go there already have experience with overclocking,
2: right? Yes. Water and air. Yeah.
1: So how did you perform at this one?
2: Oh, I, I got lucky. I think uh, I, I finished second in a competition, so that, that was a lot of fun. Ah, wow, Nice. So the morning is
1: teaching and then the afternoon you have a small camp. Or was it two days, one day teaching and the next day? I think that
2: was yeah. one day teaching and one day competition. Right. One day teaching and drinking and second day competition. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. drinking. <laughs> yeah, you're in Germany, obviously. <laughs> wow. uh, so you say you're still
1: a student. Uh, what kind of a topic you're studying? Uh,
2: engineering and uh, that is power management. And the other half is business business administration. So, so that's power what I
1: management. Do. Um, is that useful it's... for what you're doing in terms of overclocking, or is that totally unrelated?
2: It's a it's a different voltage number, so it, it deals with power <laughs> grids and stuff. <laughs> Ever try to overclock stuff over there? <laughs> that would not go over well. Yeah, it's like hey, this is the uh, official
0: like uh, Germany company for electricity. Uh, we have some uh, overclocked. Uh, issue on the grid. (laughs) Sorry, Uh, we have a suspect.
2: I didn't
0: mean to. (laughs) So you're supposed to get 220. We're always sending like 280. Deal with it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) clocking. Today, I felt like we could do it. Uh, (laughs) That's cool. Very nice. So so this is OMG. We talk about overclocking, modding, and gaming. Uh, Well, tonight, we might be talking about overclocking and gaming. uh, Yeah, I think (laughs) we're... So initially for tonight, in uh, addition uh, to Moritz, uh, we also had planned... Uh, two other guests, which were case modders, uh, to talk about. Um, so one of them is at DreamHack in uh, Leipzig, Germany, uh, which is going on basically starting, I think, today. They're setting it's already up, started, yeah. And so now it's the, yeah, one of the first days and lasts for the whole weekend. And there's a modding competition down there. Uh, he was supposed to help us out, but then there's some family stuff went in the way. So what what is not done this week is gonna be done next week so he's gonna still be going there for the weekend and we'll have pictures to share for next week so uh, he will be there next week to talk about that so no worries so less modding this time but it gives us more have, room to talk about a uh, we
0: have a lot of things to talk about uh the first things to talk about in the overclocking side uh the intel core i9 99 90 xe shows up in benchmark that was done from a budget system which is a uh, uh, system integrator in the US, and that CPU is not something you can buy on the retail market. Uh, what, what is funny though, is that the uh, 9990XE, it's, just, it's, it's core 99999, nine, 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 no, 9990XE, nine, nine, <laughs> so yeah, that's mind-blowing, and it's only 14 cores, uh, when the 9980XE was actually 18 cores, so that's uh, interesting to see that the number is higher, but then the number of cores is lower and stuff like that, uh, but the base frequency is at four GHz and the max turbo boost at 5.1. And all core boost is at five GHz, which is the highest all, um, all core turbo boost for uh, this high core count CPU. So that's pretty interesting to see that they managed to put that out on the market, even though you cannot buy it, I cannot buy it as end users, you cannot buy it as end users. This is only made for system integrators. Uh, so that's why Puget System, which is a system integrator in the US could do that. And from what we heard, it was made on auction only. So that was only for, uh, there's no official price for it as well. So even if you want to go to Intel, it's like, yeah, I have two grand for it. And then say, no, we don't sell it, so no, <laughs> deal with it. There's actually a lot of stuff like that on the data center side. Uh, from the last report, and I can't remember if that was in Forbes or IDC, about 40, uh, 50% of what Intel is selling as CPU for the data centers are actually special of CPUs, so basically, CPUs that will never be on the market. It's not It's not some kind of Xeon with the name tag that you can oh, like buy a uh, off the shelf. Yeah, it's usually yeah. custom version for like uh, like the huge computational data centers and so on. So, this is basically the same concept being adapted to uh, the retail market on the B2C side, on the customer no, side. I
1: think it's interesting because when you look actually at the, um, the results they got in the test, uh, you can actually switch to my screen if you want people uh, yeah, to see that. That's a, that's a good point. Um, they so they what 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 project system does, uh, they build workstations for people that do either video rendering or animation work or stuff like that. And, uh, every time they have a new CPU in the house or a new graphics card, or they're building a system with it, uh, they benchmark, not just that system, but also just, um, down to the CPU level. Uh, and, um, so they have those, uh, sets of stuff they're running through and, um, it's interesting for that uh, they are doing that because of course they are doing it to show to their own customers uh, uh what the new chips can do and help them make the right choice right obviously uh but you can see also the kind of performance you, they got on those CPUs and it's pretty uh pretty good actually if you look compared to the other processors uh on this one pix 4D um which is mostly like a pixel kind of like a based workflow for images and things like that um So, 9990XE. See, that's difficult to say, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I scored actually uh, pretty well. So, um, of course, the the lowest, the better here. Um, You have a bunch of other scores. I encourage you to go there. Uh, It's a pretty detailed article. Um, And I have that for also all kinds of other hardware. So, if if you're looking, for example, for another source of uh, scores and benchmark scores or... um, basically a purchasing decision or something like that, Budget uh, is always a kind of place I recommend on top of, you know, especially the usual, you, like, yeah. and the other... And especially stations. if you do video editing mm-hmm. and creator works, they have an extensive suite of benchmarking results. They have their are... own benchmarks, too, like a, yeah. that are kind of like a tweaked version of Photoshop that launch batch jobs, which they run every time. You can even download it, so you can try it on your own machine, um, which is kind of cool. So every time it's the same test that they are doing and... They're comparing, of course, the different generations, so it's really interesting, especially in the, like you mentioned, in the video and
2: in the pictures.
1: It's always fun to, uh, to oh. look at. Uh, that's interesting.
0: Uh, next topic about the uh, overclocking side was the uh, release by AnandTech of their CPU buying recommendation for gaming in 2019. Uh, you can go check it out on Uh I wanted to put it in there because it's always the most recurring question that we get on the show. Um, basically you can just check uh, in there what are the different you know, uh, CPU you should use for what kind of games and they talk about the overclocking of each of the SKUs so for example if they recommend uh, a Ryzen 5 or uh, a Core i5 for example they say hey if you take this one you can overclock and this is what you could expect from it so that was a very nice uh, a very nice uh, way to actually put that around so I liked it so that's why I want to talk about that a uh, second thing about add as well uh, was the mini ITX uh, fight between the Z390, uh, the ASUS ROG Strix Z390i Gaming against the Asrock Z390 Phantom Gaming ATX/AC. Right, nice. so that's something for people that like small form factors. It's uh, it's good, and there was some overclocking as well in there. Okay. Um, Gav Gab, managed to get both of the config to five gigahertz, and you can see like the small difference. Uh, in there, uh, what was interesting in there as well was the AI optimized settings against the 5G profile settings in the BIOS. Uh, it was actually way more efficient when you set the uh, the system to do the AI optimized, which is the AI version of overclocking on the ASUS board. Uh, it was actually uh, more efficient than just oh yeah, I want the 5G profile. So that's uh, that's good to see that overclocking and uh, power management actually go hand in hand for that one. Uh, in terms of AI overclocking, Wizard T, I've been doing a lot of videos this week about that as well. It uh, deep dive into the that the Gene, or that was the Apex. No, it
1: wasn't the Apex board. No, that wasn't the Apex board. Yeah, yeah. so the d 390 Apex, but all the Z390 boards have it. Yeah, so it's not just the Apex. So the AI overclocking
0: feature, uh, in like a deep dive, uh, we will post the link on the on the chat and so on. The thing is, the uh, it's in French, but it's uh, pretty detailed. So if you want to give it a look, that's always uh, cool. So wizardy w i z e r t y on all the social medias as well. So YouTube, um, Twitch channel, and so on. Uh, speaking of overclockers doing videos as well, uh, the Viking stops slacking. So Viking. the Viking stops slacking. Uh, Joe is out with a new video from bearded bearded beard ah, whatever Joe bearded bearded hardware. Bearded hardware. Uh, out with a new video and it's talking as well of the uh Z390 Apex motherboard. Uh, on this one, it's a short video, like less than five minutes, so it's pretty uh, yeah, unboxing the and then yep.
1: talking about the specs and the features and stuff. That was good, An interesting one. And on
0: to the topic of tonight. Uh, lucky noob managed to get two gigahertz on the core of the Radeon 7, but we have the chance to have AeroTrax with us that do have a card on hand or very close to. On hand actually, right there. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so that's yeah, nice. I, I've had the so, part, so what's going yeah. on with this one?
2: So what what have you been doing? How, how have you been testing it? I, I pre-ordered this thing and for the first week or so uh, overclocking was broken. You could only overclock it in windowed mode, <laughs> not on full screen. And two nights ago we finally got a working driver that allowed proper overclocking and I went on to make some tests. Um the stock cooler is not as bad as some reviews make it out to be. Uh, if you undervolt your card, leaving it at stock clocks, it will be okay for noise. So, uh, if you overclock it a little, 100 megahertz, that's still okay with the stock cooler, but it will revert back to the stock fan profile, which is 3000 RPM, and that is quite annoying. So, uh, oh, that's no, the silent mode, I suppose. Part. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then, if you really overclock the card up to 2,000 megahertz, you need a full RPM fan curve. I think that's close to 4,000 RPM. That's that's a starting jet engine, I think. <laughs> you can do it, but it's it's not very pleasant at all. So you can you can see the card is two slots, and uh, right here there is an air outlet, and there's a little one, and that's pretty much it. On this side, it's open, but you have the motherboard, so there's not a whole lot of ways for the air to escape then again it's two slots so the cooler is not very thick and yeah we end up with thermal problems Mm. so
1: it's basically blowing a bit of the hot air on the motherboard
2: right um actually i had to add cooling on my memory because it pushes the hot air towards the memory so a good case fan is is needed or it may actually result in a memory related blue screen due to temperature
0: did that something that you had uh, during your testing as well?
2: Yes, I had to. So even during daily use, it crashes without a fan on my memories, <laughs> <laughs> which is why I'm excited for any kind of water cooling solution, which we don't have yet.
0: Yeah, actually, that was my my next uh, my next question, because uh, these default uh, cards like that have three fans on this. We don't have the blower style anymore as well. Uh, this right. definitely looks high-end uh, as well, rather than just the uh, high-end card with the blower that looks... Yeah, yes, cheap it in does. The past. So that it's it's good looking. It's very good looking for for a new card Thank like that. Um, do you have already a way to remove that coolers and switch it with something else or you're just waiting for a full size water block to be put on this one?
2: I have a EK universal block, the Supremacy VGA and it does not fit uh, because of the HBM, the package is so large and I cannot mount that cooler. So I'm stuck with a stock cooler for now.
0: There's no no hack you could do to, to, to yes, switch there that is, in actually, a way? Yeah,
2: I, I haven't done it myself, but I've seen it on the internet. So there's, I think, the latest revision of the AceTech uh, all-in-one coolers. They fit on there. You can strap them or screw them. I don't know. So I saw some guy, uh, he, he he took those two fans, he took them out. And I think, yeah, the AIO, it just went below that because it's so thin and he he mounted it and this fan, uh, it was still on there and provided VRM <laughs> cooling. <laughs> it does look yeah. quite ghetto, but it, it seems to work. And uh, then the guys, they could really start pushing voltage on it, which is not possible with the with the stock cooler. Oh,
1: oh well. because you, you got to make your way to, to get what you want from it. Have you tried um, other types of cooling than the air cooler so far?
2: Not yet, no. no. I have, I have a single stage, but I haven't yet had the balls to <laughs> actually mount it and cool it. <laughs> I mean, the, the overclocking driver has been out for a couple of days now, so yeah, I had to mm. get my, my stock testing done.
1: So on the website, they advertise it for 700 US. Uh, yeah. Is that the price you ended up paying for it, or no. I mean, plus no, German I, customs, it... I suppose?
2: <laughs> With shipping and, and stuff, I paid 760 euros which is, in my opinion, a very bad price for this card. But I wanted it and I bought it. So that's my yeah. excuse.
1: It's the, it's the cost of being a fanboy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, if you want to have stuff on release date, uh, it's going to be expensive.
1: Yeah. Were, were you able to uh, to play with the, like the, the NVIDIA cards, like 2080s and uh, stuff like that? I mean, to compare basically two of their flagship cards in terms of... Finishing of the product and not just raw performance, because I mean obviously performance they are different. But um, and so
2: did you were you able to do that? I haven't had the Turing cards, but I had a 1080 Ti Lightning from MSI, which was yep. a very high high end Pascal card. Um, overclocking on that one was not fun at all because it didn't scale with voltage. It had a pretty hard limit on max clocks, no matter if it was mm-hmm. on on air or on water. It just didn't move at all. And, uh, the Vegas, what's it? Radiant seven it's, it's pretty versatile. So you can, you can give it vaults and it takes them as long as the stock cooler allows for it. But, um, there's many, many things to play with. Also the power limit, there are already registry hacks, so you can disable them. And uh, the voltage can also be, I think, lifted up to 1.24 volts with the registry hack as well. So these things, they are quite open, and you will be able to have a lot of fun with them once once you water cool them.
1: Yeah. So You posted on Facebook. I'm switching to, the, to that table you posted there. Um, Stuff about those voltages. So can you run us through that table and the numbers
2: and what they mean? Okay. So first, I think we should start with the stock voltages. Uh, so far, I've seen around eleven at ten forty millivolts to eleven ten. So that's that's a spread of seventy millivolts. And the actual overclocks you get, they can differ a lot. My card, it has it on the graphic. It's one one point oh eight volts stock. Which is the middle of the pack, basically. Uh, so it's, mm-hmm. it's it's not a great card. It's it's average. Um, so yeah, I started out with undervolting it, so maintaining stock voltage, stock performance, and lowering the voltage. So I was able to lower it to nine hundred fifty millivolts. So that's one hundred twenty millivolt undervolt, uh, and having the card still fully stable with the stock fan profile. So AMD on these cards, they are heavily overvolting most of these cards and it's a new process 1.08 volts that's a lot for that new mm-hmm. process so basically they're shipping them at the maximum of <laughs> volts you should give them on the stock cooler so... so you're saying
1: that basically most of those cards are probably hotter than what they should actually be anyway
2: they are They've, a lot, are lot hotter yes B, yeah. yes okay So dialing it down to 950 millivolts, the card gets quiet Uh, using a stock fan profile, I get around 2000 RPM, which is not noisy at all. It's not great, but I think never an AMD reference card has been this quiet by undervolting it. So it's 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 okay. It's not Mm -hmm. great, but it's okay. Uh, Then I started clocking it um, for the first 100 megahertz increase to 1900. It's it's a five percent performance boost and a stock cooler it can cope with it uh it reverts back to the stock profile with the fan so it's 3000 rpm which is it's noisy but well your ears will not start bleed with it so (laughs) So you can get five performance five percent more performance out of the box without doing it anything to it so that's i think good news for uh, a reference card then moving further
1: the scores here, uh, which benchmark are those scores for?
2: It's Firestrike. Strike, right? it's oh, right, so right, that's the right. 40 and 40p, uh, the 1080p or whatever That's it is. That's, it doesn't load the card properly. So this is the one, I think, best <laughs> to choose. Yeah. Okay, and then what
1: were you about
2: to say, sorry? Yeah, going all the way to 2,000 megahertz, the stock fan profile really is not enough anymore. It needs 100% fan, 4,000 RPM, uh, you need headphones. Uh, It'll do it, but it's bad. (laughs) And with that, you can get a 10% overclock 10% more in performance, but it means a massive power draw, massive cooling requirement and uh, on water on water, it will be okay, I think, but on air, no way. So if you think about it, don't do it on air. It's, (laughs) it's not good. So Actually, yeah, uh, uh, what
1: what do they rate the card at for our consumption?
2: It's three hundred watts stock. Oh. Okay. So I guess if you manually overclock, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, it's a good heater for the winter.
0: Well, well, if you live in a cold country like us, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, that's uh, some pretty extensive um, no testing. How long did you did it take you to do like this? Uh, like early
2: testing for it well this early testing that was i think one evening uh the driver still has some small kinks but mainly it's working well so it's applying clocks and the memory clock it, it, it applies that as well as for the memory clock said we haven't discussed that yet uh the slider mm. goes up to 1200 megahertz on the stock what man every card does that so out of the box 1200 megahertz memory that's that's very nice and i think there are some registry hacks to go beyond that so i've seen people do 1250 1270 megahertz on the memory side but then again i'm not sure how necessary that is because the stock bandwidth on this card is already insane
0: and this is due to to hbm and the and the way it's built like this and so close as well yes
2: it has four stacks and like a 4096-bit memory bus, and it has, I think, almost twice as much bandwidth as, as the 2080 Ti.
0: That's that's insane. That's that's crazy. Uh,
2: the only way to overclock the card
0: today is with Wetman, that's correct?
2: Right. So uh, there is no voltage monitoring, which is bad. Uh, clock monitoring is also kind of shifty. It, it sometimes reads wrong values. Uh, power monitoring doesn't really work. Uh, it fluctuates 200 watts up and down, so there is no way this can be real. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's within Wattman, right? The, the, the within what yeah. Wattman has an overlay, which is right. it, it's very convenient and it shows some things. I think the only thing that it's good for is the frame counter.
1: <laughs> like <France.
2: laughs> Yes.
1: Okay. Well, well, that's a bit of a. I guess it must be a, not not like a let down but. You would would have thought that from one version to the next of Wadman and new cards so you have got more features, more like something of a of a either precision X or something like that that you you kind of used to from the uh, you know from all those custom cards basically. Um, well, the first first feature
2: yeah. in week two was overclocking, so I think we're going to be moving on from that, but it will take time, and unfortunately, yeah. this thing has been rushed and it's still very much beta, I think.
1: Mm.
0: Well, that, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to see improvement over the next few uh, weeks and few months. Uh, definitely, every time at launch, that's the same for any kind of hardware. Uh, you're the early adopter, so you have to deal with all that, you know, like bits and bytes and, and, and small uh, challenges with the softwares and the drivers and so on. But it's good that the week after, like, everything was fixed for the overclocking side.
1: It means they do consider it for sure. I mean, it's better than if it wasn't, it wouldn't not have been fixed and have been like they probably either didn't have the time or didn't care but if they did fix it then it means there was someone probably at amd that actually did care about it and the efforts into mm-hmm. adjusting that that's good
0: and i like the fact that uh, the bandwidth will be it will be insane as well i mean uh, if the calculation from that z are correct uh Radeon 7 stock is about like <coughs> one terabyte per second of uh, of bandwidth approximately when the 2080 ti is about 6 uh, 680 if Daganzo is correct on the calculation, and that's insane, but I don't see what uh, we'll see. We not we have to see what's the use case as well for that as well. Uh, it's good to have high bandwidth. Uh, now we need to a good way to use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's supposed to be like a, the first seven nanometer graphic card as well. Uh, even though I don't think the HBM is at seven nanometers. But, uh, the the chip itself is supposed to be at seven nanometers. Uh, did you saw any difference with that, or for you it's just like a new technology anyway, or a new card, and you just play with it, uh, whatever happened?
2: And in, in practice, it doesn't have any impact. Uh, the card itself overclocks very much like uh, the Vega on the old process, so but with higher clocks and obviously with the smaller, uh, with the bigger density, you have more heat on less area. So, yeah, it's it's. Harder to cool, but otherwise it has no actual impact.
0: What, what do you expect actually from from AMD and from the Radeon Seven and the series that might come with it? Uh, what do you expect from that specific part of the uh, of the
2: market? On from your own opinion, Mister. Well, first of all, the Seven was supposed to be a shrink, so it's it's the old stuff with with the new technology. So I'm not surprised it it's it's, it's not leaps and bounds ahead of anything else. Uh, what the seven nanometer truly will bring, we'll have to see with the Navi that's supposed to come later this year. So for now, it's it's improved Vega. Uh, that's what it is.
0: That that, that was funny talking about uh, about Vega like this because uh, Daganzi again was saying like everybody is talking about the Radeon Seven and it just got <laughs> Vega. Well, you know, <laughs> or the architecture is very similar, if not the same. Uh, just the the process is changing on it.
1: But then again, every time there's a new card coming, there's always people that will go for the previous card, right? Because that's the best moment to to get it. I mean it's probably at the best price you will ever get it for and it's probably among the last units that are either being manufactured or still in stock or whatever. It means that not just AMD is gonna drop the price, but also the distributors that still have stock. Um, they want to clear it because they know there's the new one and everyone is talking about it and wants it and might not buy it right now, but that is the next thing. So, I mean, it's um, there's no shame in in buying the previous cards at a great deal. If it's a great deal, it's a great deal, and if it's if it's uh, in there for all the needs you might have for gaming or may have, then uh, good for you. It's uh, it's perfect.
2: Well, if fifty six is very cheap in Germany now, it's two hundred sixty yeah? euros. I th- I think, and it has the free game bundle. It's insane. Yeah, it's so... a
1: bargain, yeah. If you if the games are like sixty bucks each, anyway, right?
2: I think so. Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, it's, it's a, it's a triple a game. So, yeah. yeah. So you need a water cooler or an aftermarket air cooler, but still, it's insanely cheap. Yeah,
1: that's nice. It's a good deal yeah, for sure. It shows also and, if they are doing uh, bundles like that. It also shows how 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 much they want to actually clear the stock, right? It's also like uh, for them, it's like a priority, get them out. So they literally have no competition,
2: cards. I think. I mean, the, the 1070 price, is out sure of not. stock. The RTX 2060 is very expensive. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's and people like, don't want to buy, buy used mining cards anyway. so <laughs> Stay away from those. <laughs> you, you can't trust anything on eBay right now. If it has no. a little speck of dust, uh, <laughs> uh, stay away from yeah. it.
0: Never put in a computer. Yeah, right. Was it put in a mining
1: farm? The the worst (laughs) is when you read uh, like a GTX 1070. Never mind, or you know, (laughs) 980 Ti has never mind, or whatever. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, right. If you're saying it, (laughs) you have something to hide. (laughs) Right. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 quite crazy. Um, Do you want to say anything else about Radeon Seven, or we move to the game side of the show? Well, I think we've pretty much covered it. Perfect. Uh, just before moving to the game side, uh, what what is your last famous score that you did? Do you remember?
2: My last famous score?
0: Yeah. The, one of your good score you, you had recently on Overclocking, except on the Radiant 7.
2: Except on the Radiant 7. Uh... Last year in the summer, there was an overclocking party in Philadelphia, which I attended. And I had mm-hmm. a 6-core 8086 K. And at the time, I took several records for that 6-core for, that for the 8086. I think I did 6.92 gigahertz on Cinebench R15. I did 7 gigahertz GPU, Pi. And that was a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> that, that's sweet. Uh, by the way, last questions. What is your favorite benchmark?
2: My favorite benchmark that would probably be SuperPi 32M.
0: Ah, you're part of the SuperPi gang. Interesting.
2: (laughs) I recently bought a Maximus 9 Apex again just to run XP and 32M on it. Oh,
0: you're part of that crowd as well. Like the the XP people.
1: (laughs) Those people that at launch complain because there's no XP support.
2: Right. I haven't complained. I just bought the old board again. (laughs) <laughs> and slapped the 9900k on it so i'm fine
0: yeah that's
2: that, <laughs> that is the funny part all
1: right then moving into uh, modding well there's nothing this week yeah <laughs> no modding we're gonna talk about that next week so let, let's keep it warm for now uh no no modding to mention this week next week we're, uh, we're gonna have i think uh probably a show almost dedicated to modding because we have plenty of content and if all the three modders that we actually try to have for this week show up next week then uh we should, should be packed with news and cool stuff. And we and, need
0: four hours, but that's a different story. <laughs> ah, yeah.
1: Well, you know, that's okay. All
0: right, uh, on to the gaming side. Uh, one week since Apex Legends is out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's insane. Uh, I saw it played. I just tested like like two, three minutes. Uh, yeah. It's very fun. It's very fun to play. And uh, the game is already going so strong that they, break, they broke the Fortnite supremacy, per se. Um, I think they had more than 25 million registered users, and it was uh, the guys at, um, at the studio that say that, and I think it was like over 2 million concurrent players over the first weekend, which mm-hmm. was last weekend, that was just, just it's literally insane to see that uh, a game that launched like, hey, by the way, here's our new game, and then that many people are, are playing it, so definitely getting a, an eye on this one i really need to you know focus like dedicate like three or three or four hours of my time and just try to go test it and we'll see uh if, if that's gonna be uh even even better in a way uh, <laughs> but tim what do you uh what do you expect from that game uh in the in the coming weeks or say so? do you think that's gonna that's just a fad and that's gonna go down or
1: no i think like i mentioned uh on the last show and actually right after last show, uh, so last week, um, we talked about the game uh, which was pretty much like fully uh, totally out there and we already showed like, how popular back then it was on the Twitch rankings among the most, uh, among the viewership. Um, and then we went to LAN ETS which is a LAN party here in, in Montreal uh, that had their yearly edition and uh, all the PCs there were basically all switched to that game so you have all those brands that go there to exhibit and Showcase either the hardware or the console stuff or whatever, and basically everyone had the game on. Like everyone, even the local telcos that were exhibiting, they had it on all their systems. uh That's that was pretty much it. It was total. Uh, must have been takeover.
0: like a must have been like a technical work. Like oh, damn! Like this game is huge. We can't have Fortnite there. We have to choose this one. And I guess like they
1: guy- get. Installing the games just before the show, it's like, oh, yeah, we we need to have it. We need to have it. (laughs) Well, yeah, you need I mean, uh, of course, like uh, if anyone was uh, connected to the Internet in that week before, everyone saw the trailers, everyone read all the reviews, uh, everyone watched the streams, everyone wants to play it, right? So, and, um, you know, on those LAN parties, people are not just there for the local games and the local tournaments. And obviously, there might not have been an Apex tournament at that time because you know it's too fresh and there's no well, there's no plan to there's, to no, there's well. no plan to, to yeah to run it. But in that case, the uh, guys are there to, to to play it and they want to try it out. So I mean, it's a good marketing thing to do to have the game loaded on your PC. Yeah, that's
0: it. Uh, speaking of uh, competition, about uh, Apex, they they will be releasing the Battle Pass, which will be like the season pass mm. and so on in the next few weeks, apparently. And mm. and the funny part was when I was um, running down to what we wanted to talk about the show tonight. If you look for Apex Legends on DuckDuckGo or Google.com, the first ad that shows up is Fortnite.
1: Oh, someone uh, (laughs) was clever to buy some uh, AdWords or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's part of the war, and I'm sure Apex Legends is uh, spending money on that too. Uh, It's just the lottery of who bids the highest, and that's how Google makes its money, so... And I guess uh, DuckDuckGo as well. So,
0: <laughs> if if you look okay, I just I just made a test. Uh, I went I went on uh, DuckDuckGo and say Battle Royale. I was expecting to have the movie popping up. Uh, no, it's actually H1Z1 that pops up. Yeah,
1: what are you? And
0: then it's uh, PUBG. Actually, we have
1: a different result. Really. Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, for me, it's... Uh, <laughs> I have the movie on IMDb called Battle Royale from 2000. <laughs> the that's the third, that's the third result for me. Well, we have a different doc, 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 .go, I guess. Totally and different. I'm using from Chrome, using from... Chrome, too? Chrome. Ah. ah, see? Ah, ah that's interesting. I'm just in Canada, Canada French. So I'm Canada English. Right. I'm Canada English. Which is... No, no, it's switch... actually switched off, so I have English results. To... Ah, the... I don't know. Oh, maybe sense. English is your first language. Uh, yeah, and I... And I have English. And I blocked the ads. You seem to be seeing the ad. Yeah. doesn't make any sense. We have the same ad block. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> who cares? Someone got clever <laughs> enough to, to hack the system here. Um, yeah, so that's it. Uh, that, was, uh, that was it. Today in Montreal, there was the Rainbow Six Invitational, uh, which is basically the highlight of the Rainbow Six season. Uh, it is the highlight of the
0: Rainbow Six season. This is the highlight of Ubisoft as well. This is their biggest ever esport tournament, they have 2 million in cash prize, uh, there's 16 teams from all around the world, and when we went there, I think you have the yeah, the pictures, when we went there, it was uh, this morning, so that was the first out of the three days where they do play some of the most interesting and most vital games, uh, mm-hmm. so we went there, there was uh, F- uh, Fnatic against uh, Nusa something? Uh, yeah, some Korean guys. Nusa uh, Rango, Nusa yeah. Rena, anyway. And that was that was fun to watch. That was uh, quite interesting. And that's in the in the in Montreal. So that's right here in Montreal. So that's why we uh, we took the oppor- the opportunity to go there. And mm-hmm. it was a it was a good thing. So what did I, I did like it? I did like the, the way they set up the system. They uh, they were displaying uh, the things in the corridors as well with like you no know, just just fun stuff yeah. about the different uh, class and type of people. Uh, what was your highlight for this morning, Tim? Uh,
1: so it was, uh, it was pretty nice. I was uh, definitely impressed by, it. I think we see it not on that picture, but actually the next one, um, about the size of the screen. Um, so they had basically, you know, sometimes in those tournaments, they have uh, two screens on each side with some kind of like construction stuff and then the main screen in the middle and stuff like that. So what they did this time is like uh, they had this one, one piece of a screen and that was really impressive. It was the size and width of the whole, uh, the whole arena there. Okay, it's not a soccer stadium, so it's smaller, it's a hockey arena, it's um, much, much tighter together. Still, the screen is probably about, I don't know, uh, 80 meters large or something like that. It's a screen I'd like to have in my living room. Uh, Well, well, if you you live in a castle, (laughs) If it would fit. But um, yeah, that um, that was one of the cool things of this morning. Um, It was also quite interesting that you could not see the players. Uh, they were playing behind that uh, kind of like a cardboard, like a structural thing with screens there. So everybody was uh, behind, and you could not even see them come up there on the stage. Like the teams that were playing didn't come from those tracks on the left and the right. I think those are mostly for. They,
0: they do come in when they enter, but in between the rounds, yeah, They don't, you, don't go they don't, out. You and don't come see back them or anything,
1: so they they're just hidden behind, which is kind of weird. That, uh, it's kind of like you're... I mean, when you go to some place, it's not just for looking at screens. It's like nice to see the people too. So for for me, that was a bit of an interesting setup. Um, other than that, I I liked how it was presented. I liked the flags of all the teams that are part of the tournament on the left and the right. Um, commentary there was in English, and I saw there uh, was a second commentary station. I've Suppose it's for French. They have two, so or so it was, as it's know. the biggest one for for Ubisoft, and yep. it's
0: being made here in Montreal. Yep. So, so actually, Rainbow Six Siege was developed in Montreal, if I'm if I'm correct, like not totally, but mainly. Mm. And the the fact that it's actually they have stream official stream in English and French, and I think they have like eight other channels. I think yeah. they have Thai a Thai version as well. Oh yeah, and oh yeah, actually right now there's like sixty thousand people watching it uh this is going on strong this is at uh, the ground uh, the ground floor so that's one of the main desks that they, they do
1: have uh, it was interesting to to get there yeah uh, that was a it's a it's a nice tournament um i mean like uh you'd have to stay the whole weekend uh probably the the highlight would be on sunday right yeah so, so sunday will be the final yeah we'll, we'll see by then who is still there uh from what we saw Fnatic was not doing well at all uh the korean guys were really good uh, like I mentioned there, there was this uh, one player rec- recycle, recycle, not not recycled, something like that. Sounds a bit like uh, the guy was really good. Like uh, pretty much the whole the whole game, he only died once. Uh, so I was pretty that was pretty impressive. Uh, it's uh, actually when you go to that kind of tournaments that you see the the level of some of the guys, uh, especially if you used to watch Twitch streams of uh, Twitch entertainers and streamers streaming their own games. Uh, It's not that kind of level, obviously, because they're there to do the entertaining part, but when you see actually um, games at that level, it's uh, really impressive. I mean, you just don't have the time to see it. The guy is already either headshot or dead or whatever. It's it's really nice. Uh, Then again, Rainbow Six, you like it or you don't like it. It's uh, its own type of game. Um, Last time I saw it as a tournament was at uh, DreamHack in Montreal. Uh, where they also had a stage there um, and uh, I think the, yeah I usually don't watch Rainbow Six it's not kind of like it's not one of those esports that I watch it's not like... but we still went to the to the show here so yeah. I mean like uh, I mean it's not every week there's a tournament and a world global global final going on in your town so sure. especially with sure. two million dollars in cash
0: price mm-hmm. uh, if I remember correctly from uh, from the announcement 40% of that cash price will go to the first team and then everything is split up with the, uh, with the following teams so that's uh, that's pretty good uh, already and this is the biggest esport tournament ever in the history of Ubisoft so that's something to, to note for sure. Uh, they're launching actually the season 4 mm-hmm. uh, launch uh, two days ago uh, for Rainbow Six Siege so that's going to be interesting to see how they have Rainbow Six Siege, uh, the new The Division 2 coming out, and they have uh, Far Cry New Dawn just being released. That's a lot of games being re- released at the same time. Uh, not all on the same concept, uh, not all on the eSports side as well, but uh, that's a pretty uh, pretty busy year. Yeah, those guys are busy, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Aerotrax, do you play any games so far?
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> I play what man? three <laughs> uh, D mark doesn't count.
2: I did play even Call of though of Duty it's it's Steam. card. Uh, <laughs> I I killed some zombies, but nothing nothing of the new stuff.
0: Uh, what was the
2: last game you played? Uh, just as I said, Call of Duty, and I sometimes play World of Warcraft, but that's an ancient game, so.
1: <laughs> that's why you purchase a new graphics card
2: for. Right, right. I it <laughs> for benching. <laughs> I don't buy stuff <laughs> for gaming ever. <laughs>
0: So so old games like WoW and super pie. I think we we're starting to see a pattern right there. <laughs> I think we are, yes. <laughs> yeah that that that's crazy. Um I think that's pretty much it for the invitational. The stream will be on uh whole weekend on Rainbow Six uh, official channel on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're even promoted on the on the main page. Uh, next big news in the gaming world is ESL, which is basically running most of the big shows actually they're running this yeah actually they're they're running the the production for it right all the production at the invitation is being run is run by uh, esl uh they're rebranding so they're they're gonna have a new logo and the way they were showing it i don't know if you can just read out to the website so it's esl gaming uh, journey something Mm. and they're rebranding and they have this new color on top of it they used to be blue a lot
1: the green stuff
0: yeah, yeah the, this one here. Okay. So they used to have this blue logo, like almost Intel blue logo, and now they're going for the neon yellow. Uh,
1: yeah, it's pretty. Uh...
0: That, that's gonna be something quite special. And and yes, it, it went a long way in the nineteen years of the of the company. It's very impressive that they uh, they achieved that. We have a lot of our uh, friends and contact that actually do work at ESL as well. Uh, it's been quite a journey. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is just the beginning and I'm pretty sure they will be trying to reach out further than just within the online audience. I'm pretty sure they will be trying to get into uh, more deals with TV. Actually, the deal from streaming esports from ESL on Facebook is not an exclusive deal anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was actually released uh, this week on Forbes as well. So there will be some new things going on. I would love to see one day... Uh, esports like a full channel like espn but just for esports at this like international level that will be insane we have that online uh having that on the cable tvs will maybe uh push out the mass that still think esports is not a the, the best sport ever uh, <laughs> when we do think that this is the best sport ever just
1: after overclocking of course <laughs> uh actually uh, I- i'm surprised it uh it took it some time right because initially they um initially when they got acquired uh, at least a piece of the company, but that uh Swedish satellite or media yeah. company. Um, I, I thought that it would quickly go over and be able to basically broadcast what they're doing on ESL TV, basically already uh, straight onto the satellite, but it didn't really happen this way. And they did deals with ESPN and other sports channels. So, um, definitely went a long way. It's going to be an interesting change So completely dropping the logo with the blue, white colors. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. You know that um, that background with the yellow, it makes me think to either uh, rebrandings or like uh, design stuff that uh, Corsair and Logitech have been doing uh, over the past two, three years. Oh, like the Corsair um, gaming thing and Well, the, it's, uh, it's similar, the right? So gaming. the Corsair boxes are all yellow, and they all have just the Corsair logo in one single color. Um, and then uh, you have the same with Logitech, which is not. Yellow, it's kind of like a bluish or like I don't know how you describe oh, it. the G, big, yeah, the, the, yeah, the Logitech color yeah. stuff or the uh, Logitech, all the gaming stuff they do basically, and even the regular accessories. Um, same thing, just picking one color, it's one of those pastel kind of colors as well. It's it's this kind of similar thing, uh, very simple, very flat design. Um, yes, I was already pretty flat designed actually, even with the three previous colors, but now it's gonna be even more like a uh, uh, more, even more simplified.
0: That's going to be interesting. Like, especially
1: for yellow,
0: it's a very hard color. I don't uh, know if
1: they're going to use it actually all the time. Like, I mean, like even if you look at the okay, they use it for that clip with black, white, and then the yellow stands out. But I don't know how, how they're going to use it all the time. Like, even if you look at the website, which I guess is already updated to the new template, right? Um, they do use the yellow for you know some of the stuff and the green. It's neon
0: um, yellow and neon green, yeah, that's, but, that's very hard to find the exact color for that, it's super hard.
1: Yeah, okay, so I don't think, I don't know if that Dan Um. going to be. But yeah, it's a, it's a different style, you like it or you don't, uh, it definitely catches your attention, and that's probably the reason behind it. So, yeah, let's go with that, uh, why not? I'm not too sure about the noodle, over I prefer the yeah. Yeah. Yes, I-I-R-F-T-W,
0: yes, that was what we we're referring to for the Corsair logo. Like the logo they tried to to go for that was uh, all yellow, then they revert back to the Corsair logo, and then now all the boxes are actually uh, yellow. Uh, yeah, well.
1: it's um, basically flat.
0: I, I'm wondering who is actually choosing these colors. There, there must be some some numbers I, in I, behind to choose that yellow.
1: I do know like when you do anything printing you pay by the color and the more colors you put, the more you have to print. Uh, of course for flyers and stuff like that, it probably doesn't matter uh, because it's just regular printers and stuff like that. But once you when you are doing very high volume or like a very large scale prints, uh,
0: basically a product like a, like a mouse or yeah 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 or like
1: uh, even if you look at uh, what a hyperx printed and put on the um, on that uh, pyramid in in las vegas is the same. i mean once you're doing very large prints the lowest amount of colors uh, the better for pricing and it's the same for t-shirts and anything you're doing like that and
0: uh, <laughs> and it's better to not fuck up the color as well
1: <laughs> yeah it's uh, black and white uh, is easy because black is black and white is no color or just white uh and then anything else the more variations if you do gradients if you do any kind of something like that there's so many more chances that someone will get it wrong along the way uh now also if you do broadcast and tv it's kind of like the same thing getting your colors identical and the same kind of theme and the same uh, look and spirit and feel behind uh whatever you're broadcasting it's it's a lot based on color and how it's uh basically perceived once it's compressed or whatever um so it is easier to do Something with a watermark logo that is just black or just white, like it is right now, or like it was on that video they had on the on that journey website. Um, so I mean, the I logo assume... is still
0: the logo is still black.
1: Yeah, the logo is still black. But they used to have the one with the color or just just a yeah. white one. Uh, they already had sort of switched to that and completely dumped the one with the color. So it was only used for print and logos and stuff, and maybe your T-shirts and jerseys. So,
0: and that was your 20 minutes worth of web design yeah it's not web design (laughs) it's just bright uh, color picking (laughs) i
1: guess why they picked it uh, it's probably there's other reasons uh brands rebrand all the time it's uh, even recommended for websites to change your design every two years to keep people you know like up for new stuff and nowadays i mean we're a generation that switches quick between everything so i mean look at games yeah like uh it goes very quickly out of trend so you have to constantly reinvent how you look, and I guess that's part of it. It's been a while that they did not Last time they really did, did update ESL was when they changed to the ESL gaming and they had you know the conversion from the old platform, but they had the oh, whole yeah. ESL play and all the tournaments and all the ladder boards, the new one, and that was really the, the change. That's when Intel started to also back um, all the, the IEMs. Yeah. It, it, it came at that time, so now it's a, it's a different
0: era, basically. That's good, I mean, it's been 19 years to exist, so it's been uh, oh. Well done, yeah. Still it's pretty well done. Yep. Alright, uh, I think that's pretty much it for this week. Uh, news update about the next events. Uh, we will be going to PAX East. We announced that last... I mean, he announced that last week. And uh, we will maybe be at TwitchCon Europe in Berlin in the mid-April. So you have to let us know if you plan to go there. And if yes, you should take your ticket. Very fast because at 75 bucks uh, euros the weekend, right downtown in Berlin, uh, that might be very uh, very busy. I can see arrow tracks already. Oh,
1: <laughs> going to twitchtv <laughs> like, I'll be there, huh? but only for the beers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that works too. We can do a, like a local gathering uh, just one evening if we're there. Why not? It and it's supposed to be. I can't remember if it's Friday,
0: Saturday, or Saturday Sunday. What? Oh, if we go there care. that means that means
1: that means we have to do the show from there as well yeah no that's good I mean it's it would be nice hopefully we can make it it would be great uh, especially at that time in Europe there are other events so if we can combine everything within two weeks uh, it would be perfect pretty pretty chill mm-hmm. um, well. I think uh, that's it. We can
0: take questions from the live chat, but we'll cut the recording. Uh don't forget you can find us back on twitch.tv overclocking TV every week on Friday afternoon in uh, North America or evening in Europe. The time is supposed to be around like two PM Eastern and seven PM Europe, but usually we start be like around eight, something yeah. like that.
1: No, that's okay. Also, if you guys are interested in listening to this uh, as a, just the a audio format, you can. Uh, it's available on pretty much all the podcasting platforms out there. It's, uh, I think, at six right now on the counter. Uh, so you can find it. Uh, like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spotify. Whatever, like, yeah, all that. So you can just check it search for OMG um, and you will find it. And uh, just make sure you subscribe over there. Listen to it over there. You can leave comments, uh, preferably on the YouTube channel. That's where we monitor it on Facebook page. And um, that's it for my little promotion.
0: Good. Well, uh, that's pretty much. Aerotrax, where can we find you if people want to talk to you? On the HWBot
2: forums, probably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Under Aerotrax, you use the same name everywhere? Same nickname, yes. Perfect. That's that's uh, that's very good like this. Uh, well, thank you, guys. That was awesome. Uh, just going to here for a few more minutes just taking your questions but getting the recording see you next week <laughs> where's the recording stuff mm-hmm. ah yes yeah.